Who the hell sitting next to me? That's Joe. Is this another cosplayer? His name's Joe. <laughs> hey, welcome to Bonehead. This week we have a special guest star. Chad. Chad. Hey. I saw that coming. Something's different. You're not wearing a crutch? Knee crutch? I don't think that? you wear crutches. Crutches, yeah. You use uh, as many uh, times you bigots, forearm crutches. Forearm crutches attached to the wrist and therefore are worn. You wouldn't know that unless you watched There's Something About Mary. I, actually, I know several people that use forearm crutches. No, I'm so sorry. Do they also work in education? Are you going no, to also give me some statistics? One of them works in um, computers, I believe. Oh, really? That's yeah. because they just can't swing a sledgehammer? <laughs> sledgehammer! Don't you call my name <laughs> All right, today on Bonehead, we have a fascinating topic. What is it, boys? Post-apocalyptic movies or apocalypse movies, however you want to say it. Post! It needs to be post, because, I mean, apocalypse would be leading up to it. So you could say any documentary made right now. (laughs) Movies. We could do TV shows. We almost started a few years ago at at another institution. A friend of ours wanted to do a post-apocalyptic. Book club. I thought it was dystopia. Really? Dystopian literature. Yeah, dystopia. What's the I mean, difference? Yeah. Dystopia means that, I mean, it's not necessarily post-apocalyptic. It means we tried to create a utopia. It, it went wrong and became a dystopia. But couldn't uh, we argue that most of the things we're going to talk about aren't all that post-apocalyptic because there's still a bunch of people alive? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can make that argument, sure. And every, well, every, I'm sure every movie we're going to talk about is depressing because the world went to pot and nobody lived a happy life. <laughs> right? No, I don't no, know. Because that, that, is, that is a key element to the post-apocalyptic movie is there's no happiness. No, no, there's there's some really happy post-apocalyptic tales. Really? I have one. You want me one. to throw one out? I have two. Is no. he, are you bringing them up? I, I, I Two of mine aren't, I don't think, are overly... Dire. Okay. All mine are. <laughs> oh, good. Well, then we're good. We're good. Because you and I were worried that we might have the same ones. We're yeah. good. Well, yeah, okay. We're good. But, and, you know, Actually, two of mine are fairly lighthearted. One of mine is lighthearted, but it's it's still it's not very... Okay. So anyway... Before but, we get started, go but, ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, one, one little tidbit of information, because I don't think any of us are going to talk about this, but when I was doing research for post-apocalyptic movies... Did you know the highest re- the highest watched TV movie of all times is a, a post apocalyptic movie? Is it Damnation Alley? No, it's The Day After from 1983. Oh, The Day After! Isn't that directed by what's his face? I don't know. I didn't see who the director was. It's, but... No, it's directed uh, James Star Trek Two. Uh, Nichols. Nicholas Meyer. Yeah. <laughs> Written by Edward Hume. Yep. Um, but it starred Steve Gutenberg, Edward Ro- Jason Robards. I've never seen it. John Lithgow. I haven't seen it either. He I talks wondered. about it in his book, uh, uh, A View from the Bridge. If you read yeah. Nicholas Meyer's autobiography, it's pretty I good. S- and I saw a couple. I didn't even hear the audio. I saw, when I was doing research on it, I saw a couple of stills of it. And John Lithgow. Can I just say one thing? John Lithgow is the only person I know who, as he's gotten older, looks less scarier. <laughs> the young John Lithgow is terrifying, even when he's playing a good car- a, a, a good guy. Yeah, because Willem Dafoe still looks just as creepy now as he ever did. William Dafoe's always been creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Willem Dafoe. God, that right there, that's just mean. By the service. way, let me go ahead real quick and pitch this. Listen, Hollywood, I've got an idea. I've told you about this since almost since I met him. Uh, listen, it's a movie called The Freak League. The no, no, Freak League. Oh, different uh, idea that he's trying need, to pitch to me. We need... 
we, we get all the the quote unquote horror type movie actors. I, I don't mean like Bruce Campbell. I mean all the people that have played horrible people in movies. So we get Christopher Walken, we get William Defoe, we get um, that those people they were talking about Brad Dourif, Brad Dourif, and we create the Freak League, and it's all these villains that have to come together and, and stop the end of the world. I'll write the script tomorrow. That's to change the subject. Do you start the timer? Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> Yeah. And anyway. then the final countdown. Uh, all right. The one thing that we all three agreed on five minutes before we started rolling is that we're actually not going to talk about zombies. No. None of us picked. We all each we each picked three movies like we normally do, three or four or five. We will argue when one of us happens to pick the other one, but we did none of us intentionally pick zombies. Because zombie movies in of themselves is, in, is its own genre. It's a subgenre of a post-apocalyptic movie. It is, and Romero already perfected it, and everyone ripped him off, and we're done. Yeah. I, I mean, there are several that we could recommend. Actually, I'd recommend both versions of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Or Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Definitely Shaun of the Dead. That's a lighthearted one. Yes. And that necessarily not e- is not even a post-apocalyptic, because everything got better. A bunch it of does. people died. A bunch of people died, though. <laughs> yeah. They don't come back. Nope. And it's pretty bad. Well, one of them does. Yeah, well, he didn't come back. He's just out in his shit. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> well, sorry. If you're, if you're listening or watching this and you enjoy Bonehead and you've never seen Shaun of the Dead. Good Lord, what's wrong with you? I kind of have to question what you've been doing with your time. Now, don't get me wrong. Keep watching and listening. Yeah. But take an hour or two and watch Shaun of the Dead. Agreed. All right, then. What, who wants to go first? You want me to go first? Go first. Joe mentioned, mentioned what I was actually going to do. Since you haven't been on an episode in over a month, go I, for it. it. The things have happened. <laughs> I've got stuff. You know, I have a life outside this. No, you don't. I don't. I don't really. I, I, I was over in the corner. We don't even know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> who am I? Oh, my God. <laughs> We're um, up here making things happen. We're going to have a panel at Comic-Con. Where you been at? By the way, where Friday, have I been? March 22nd, Friday at 7 p.m. <laughs> Comic-Con. Come see Bonehead Live. Yep. Where have I been? I'll tell you where I've been. Damnation Alley. Lexington Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> Damnation Alley. Um, That'll also be the name of the panel <laughs> at Lexington Comic-Con. March twenty second at seven p.m. Now you know how many more gonna, times can I send that home? Somebody's going to show up and be like, "Why isn't this called Damnation Alley, Alley in the book?" It's Bonehead, but really, what that is is Venezuelan for Damnation Alley. Now you've offended the Venezuelans. Um, <laughs> we don't have a big draw there, North Carolina and the Middle East, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's really where we're huge. Uh, India, yeah, India, yeah. Um, so Damnation Alley uh, was a film that was directed by Jack Smite. Jack Smite. Everybody knows Jack Smite, right? I don't know. I heard he really. smoted. <laughs> He's done smitten. That's um, the past tense of his last name. Oh. So it's based on a, a novel. Those are good. By Roger Zola. I'm going to screw this up. By the way, apologies to Anthony Zerby. Now that I know that I said that wrong. Uh, backtracking, when we were talking about character actor, I pronounced it Anthony Zerb. That is because I've only ever read it. I've actually never heard anybody say I actually name. never heard his last name. So I wanted to, I was actually going to do that to kick off the show. I wanted to apologize. I don't like when people mispronounce names. I did it. My excuse that I, I had only ever read it before, and I mispronounced most things if I've only ever read it. So I apologize for that. Back to Damnation. We will tell you a story later on about how another character actor 
corrected us, and hopefully we'll have him on and the show. And thank you for doing that. I seriously do appreciate it. We can't that. say his name, but um, yeah. But, so Roger Zelzani, Zelzani, whatever, I can't pronounce his name, but wrote this book. And let me tell you the the kind of plot to the book. Okay, now listen. Joe, you've seen Damnation Alley, right? I've never seen Damnation Alley. Okay. Have I. Well, here's the plot introduction for the book. The story opens in a post-apocalyptic Southern California in a hellish world shattered by a nuclear war that lasted decades before. Several police states have emerged in place of the former United States. Constant hurricane-force winds about 500 feet prevent any sort of air travel from one state to the other, and sudden violent and unpredictable storms make day-to-day life a mini-hell. Hell Tanner, that poor Iowa tourism board, (laughs) Hell Tanner, an imprisoned killer, is offered a full pardon in exchange for taking on a suicide mission. This sounds like Escape from New York. A drive-through damn well, this was made well before Escape from New York, so Carpenter owes the check. Uh, A drive-through damnation alley across a ruined America from Los Angeles to Boston as one of three Landmaster vehicles attempting to deliver an urgently needed plague vaccine. So there's bombs everywhere. Things have gone to crap, and then there's a plague, too. Who's in the movie? Well, that's a plot to the book. Now, in the movie, <laughs> instead of it being convicts having to do it, you know who they call on, right? Sean Connery. John, Jan Michael Vincent. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Who had been dead a month before yes. it came out. Did you see that? No, I thought he just died this no, week. No, no, no. no the news came out, yeah. came out this week, but he died February the 10th. Yeah. Wow. At Asheville, North Carolina. Huh. So in the movie, they thought it would be more uh, more uh, recognizable yeah. if it was military instead of prisoners. So Jake Tanner, they removed hell from his name, uh, was played by Jay and Michael Vincent. And they actually live in an ICBM silo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have to basically, uh, they go across country, meet an aspiring artist, which is played by Paul Winfield. I know who Paul Winfield um, is. Star Trek too. And it's all it was all caused by the Soviet Union, blah, 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 blah. But the reason the movie is so cool as a historic artifact is A, the effects are very dated now, but it came out at the exact same time as as a upstart film. Star uh, Wars. Star Wars. Hmm. As a matter of fact, Fox released them both. Fox released them both on the same weekend. And honestly felt that Damnation Alley would be the one. I've actually heard that part of the story before. Um, I've never it, seen the movie. It starred Jan Michael Vincent, George Papard, Dominique Sonda, Paul Winfield, and a young Jackie Earl Haley. Uh, and Jackie Earl Haley is somebody that they rescue. But there's the scene that's burned into my memory is uh, there's a motorcycle scene and giant cockroaches come out. And they're giant. Because see, radiation, Chad, huge. Makes everything huge. Wow. Go go go! Stick certain parts of your anatomy in a microwave. I was yeah. going to make a dick uh, joke about radiation, and James got down there in the Mississippi and <laughs> lost his religion and came back. Um, <laughs> but you're supposed to get more of that, son. But instead, instead of going from L.A. to Boston, for some reason it's L.A. to Detroit. They've got to go. make it from Atlanta to Texarkana, <laughs> Texas. Because there's beer. This this is tours. this is true. This is the post-apocalyptic version of smoking the bandit. bandit. Wow, it really is. Um, it is a literally, um, what's really interesting about it is they, they, the Land Rover, not the Land Rover, whatever the vehicle was called in the book, they actually had to create it. And it was the most expensive part of making it. And there is somebody now that has that in their private collection. Um, and in the movie, there's only one of them. You the see, book, big and little Enos, even <laughs> a post-apocalyptic society, are thirsty. And they need that plague <laughs> vaccine that has to be mixed with Coors. And Coors beer. That's right. 
And so it turns out, uh, but Jerry Goldsmith did the movie. If you've never seen it, again, it's a historic artifact. Jerry Goldsmith is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful composer. Yes. Um, they, they were going to make, <laughs> they put $8 million into this and allegedly up to arguably people argue about it, but maybe a million of that was just to create this vehicle for this movie. The, the uh, special thing that could navigate damage. And the out. rest was for Jan Michael Vincent's drinking money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably a lot of it went to George Papard, too. Let's not leave out George Papard. Hey, team. Do, but, do, 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 yes. do, do, Salt Lake City, though, was where the main apocalypse evidently hit. So if you're in Salt Lake City and you hear there's a damnation alley coming, get out. That's right. So, so start praying to your Mormon pagan god. Sorry. And there goes some more viewers. <laughs> it, did, it did wonder for, for people's blood pressure. Um, so Landmaster ah. was the name of the Landmaster was the name of the vehicle. I'm sorry. But anyway, you really should see it. It, it is very dated. I almost went with Logan's Run, but I talk about Logan's Run enough. Damnation Alley is the way to go. I apologize to the Mormons in Salt Lake. Actually, I've been to Salt Lake. It's a beautiful city. It's very clean. People Lovely are very people. nice. Lovely people. Uh, the Salt Lake <laughs> is salty. <laughs> Needs, needs nice, pepper. nice building. Needs nice a pepper. Needs a pepper. Yeah, nice buildings. I enjoyed Salt Lake. Oh, you should open a pepper mill in Salt Lake City. The, the advertising writes itself. Mm, <laughs> who wants to go next? I'll go. You're going to steal <clears> one of mine. You're my, going to Damnation Alley. I think I'm going to steal one of yours. Definitely. So this was directed by Alan Johnson. Alan Johnson, I don't know if you know who he is. He actually, um, I picked the movie and I actually went back and looked him up. Because I, I, I didn't know who directed it. Alan Johnson Alan Johnson did a lot of miscellaneous crew work for every Mel Brooks movie. He actually directed... Really? He actually directed To Be or Not To Be. Um, and this movie, and that's it. Uh, and this was also co-written by Waylon Green, who would uh, also be known for writing two of Joe's favorite movies, Wild Bunch and Sorcerer. I do love Sorcerer. I, I, people know Wild Bunch. I still think people need to go out and watch Sorcerer. It's a... Damn. And this movie stars the the great Jason Patrick and Charles Durning. I am, of course, talking about Solar Babies. Oh! <laughs> uh, you know, I, I saw that. And I, I thought about putting on my list, what but then I went no. Babies. Then I went no. No, I'm not going to put it on my list. <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of Solar Babies. When you were a kid? When I was a kid. It doesn't hold up much now, but it's still entertaining. You don't um, think so. It also starred Jamie Gertz, uh, Peter De Peter DeLuise of 21 Dump Jump Street. Dump Street. <laughs> I wish he was 21 Dump Street. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Eat some more fiber. You're at 20. <laughs> I'm trying to get him to 21. And, of course, Lucas Haas, um, who was uh, also the, the little boy in the the girl, the woman in white, I believe. The woman in white, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. a terrifying movie. Yeah. Have, have you rewatched that since the 80s? It still creeps me out. Is it? Yeah. I don't even know that I was creeped out about it when I was a kid. The I cloak, was, cl the cloak closet right and he's having yeah, that terrified me as a kid oh because we had one of those closets in my school oh we didn't have anything yeah. like that in the holler yeah my school was built well, in the 1920s and as i say and you gotta remember the schools in the holler it's just a big bamboo tree <laughs> what <laughs> i don't even know that that makes sense what <laughs> not, not. See, they don't even know what bamboo is in the holler. So you can tell them any trees bamboo we tree. Didn't even have pandas. <laughs> um, but you collect us. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but the movie is about a bunch of roller skating teenagers. Um, of course it is. Yeah. Um, and it's in a world that's been uh, completely uh, d droughted. There's no water. Did that ever. come out before Rollerball or after? 
That would have came out way after, after Rollerball. Yeah, Rollerball is nor- directed by Norman Jewison. It yeah. came out in the 70s. Yeah, this is mid James Kahn, watch it. Don't, Actually, I think do is, not watch the remake. Oh, that's a, that's what movie I saw in theaters where I sat there the entire time going, God, I wish they would have watched the source material before they made this. I know. I believe her Solar Babies was 1983. but um, It would have been the mid-80s. Yeah. I would bet it would be 83, 84, 85. But these teenagers, um, they discover a magical orb named Bodai. <laughs> Okay. Can't make this stuff could, up. Could, could they just call him Buddy? Hey, Buddy. <laughs> hey, Buddy. The world is in control by uh, is under control of a military regime, um, and these kids are working together to protect this mysterious orb that is supposed to somehow bring water back to the world. Water? Is water. it ice? Is it a big ball of ice? Yeah. Is, is it ice pirates? Oh my God! No, it's ice not ice pirates. pirates. Our ice pirates is not post-apocalyptic. No, no. it isn't. But I mean, but it has a big connection to Logan's. World. And if you go back and look at them in these costumes, these costumes, they they all they're 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 wearing rollerblading pads. They have stars on themselves. It looks very eighties. And when you're thinking about post apocalyptic, when you're when you're talking about them, it's just one of those movies. As soon as I said we were going to talk about this, that's the first one that I thought of. Solar babies. Solar babies. I didn't think of Mad Max. I thought of Solar babies. See, I, I thought of Logan's Run, but I was like, I can't do Logan's Run. It's too on the nose. All right. You know I got to bring up one obscure piece of <laughs> per episode. I don't even remember. And I, I know, it, you know it's one of those you know you see. Actually, I probably remember the box from the video store more than I do the movie. Yeah, which it's uh, the kids in the background, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. there's a flying orb. There's something like and that. It says Solar Babies. Solar Babies. Why are they called Solar Babies? I mean, because they're here to make love. I haven't watched it in a long time, and I couldn't find a good. Their love ever. is hotter than the sun. By the way, and the the, uh, the second movie I'm going to pick, the only place you can find it is if you rent it on Amazon Prime. Great. So far, you're not getting anywhere close to me. No. <laughs> and I'm not with the second one either. No, no. The third one, the best one, is I'm worried you're going to steal from me. Oh, I'm about to do what I think is one of my favorites. Go for Are it. Are we ready? Ready. This is directed by Andrew Stanton. Okay. Nope. Wally. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wally is post-apocalyptic. I'll argue it up and down. No, no, you right. are absolutely one hundred percent correct. correct. And, I did, and why didn't I ever think of that? That one. You know, I, I don't know that I thought of it either. But when I was trying to research it, I was pulling up Vulture, IMDb, a few other things. Going, well, what does their list look like? And the only thing that I took from their list that I added to it was that several people have Wally, and I thought, why didn't I think of that the yeah. same way you all did? Because it is post-apocalyptic. Well, yeah, the and world it is, is a is brilliant, empty. beautiful film. So Wally is actually one of my top... I, man, yeah, I don't the, know. It's my favorite Pixar film. Toy Story 3 is pretty damn good. Yeah. Oh, dude. That whole ending with the holding hands. I'm, I, I, Technically, that's not the ending. N- I'm telling you, that movie got tears in the theater I was in. I remember a grown man. But anyway, we're here to talk about Wally. What I love about Wally is what a lot of people hate about Wally. And I'll explain this. So if, when Wally came out, there was a friend of mine's wife who was having a conversation with me. And she said, That's the stupidest movie ever. He, nobody even talks for the first 45 minutes. Ugh. That's the reason I love Wally. It is storytelling visually. We've it, forgotten that in yeah. cinema. Yeah. That's the reason why a lot of people argue that true cinema died the day sound was was yeah. introduced. Or at least dialogue, I should say. I was, was going to say, because that's one thing about Wally, is they use the sound. They do. But when dialogue was introduced where you could have people talk, that cinema was killed by that. And I think there's a good argument to that. 
I, go out and watch some good silent films. Watch Chaplin, watch Buster Keaton, watch... Uh, That's M- Murnau, Murnau, uh, F. Eisenstein. Murnau, Eisenstein. Go out, watch any of those, yeah, for, uh, from the Earth, from the Moon. Yeah. 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 Check them out. Those, guys, those cats were killing it on nothing and making it up as they were going on right. along, and they were inventing the language of cinema. That's the reason why and I shots. love Wally. It, it's just it, so this is what a close up is. This is what it, anyway, getting off topic. Wally doesn't have a lot of people talking in the first 45 minutes. You follow Wally. I don't know that there's a more lovable character than Wally. I don't know that there's a more sympathetic character than Wally mm-hmm. in, in recent 20 or 30 years. It's it to me is a Pixar classic. I think that don't get me wrong, as much as I love cars, cars is not going to stand the test of time. Wally will. Wally yeah. will be forever, I hope. I really hope so, too. So, still the I don't know that I need to tell the plot of Wally. Wally is a droid or, or, or a robot who's left on Earth to clean up, and he's one of the few that is still functioning. And he's by himself. Mm-hmm. And he's made his own life. And eventually, another robot shows up, Eve, and he's attracted, and he loves her, and he falls in love with her, and he ends up getting brought into space onto this huge spaceship where people who left earth all these eons ago have now went and we've basically devolved right into fat hopeless machines are running our lives machines run their lives and that's what it's about and you know in the original draft um wally was actually supposed to be fighting these gelatinous blobs and it turned out that the gelatinous blobs were actually human beings who stayed in earth stayed in space too long so they, they kind of kept that for Wally, but they changed it. Well, they just made it more kid friendly. And they made it more kid friendly, and they also didn't have Wally fighting. Uh-huh. I mean, it was just Wally. Wally, I mean, he's he's just a loving character who just wants to be loved. He just wants to be loved and loved. And there's and he has no hate in him. None. 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 Absolutely none. So Wally is maybe one of the best post-apocalyptic movies ever. Made. If not the best post-apocalyptic. It's well, pretty well, damn good. It's pretty damn good. It might not be my number one if you don't beat me to it. <clears throat> I don't think so. I, you know, there's one that I think is close. Well, I was going to say, and, and, and stepping back, and I, I, I'm not to split hairs here, but Wally is post-apocalyptic. But if I'm wanting a post-apocalyptic film that has a dark ending, no, it's not. No. Of course not. Yeah, no, you no, have no, to. No, there's hope. And if you're one of those people, as soon as you see the credits, you turn off a movie. You have to watch the credits in Wally. Yes. And there's hope. You're absolutely right. It is a, a Pixar film. I mean, but it's hope that's believable. Yeah. Whether it, other than just forced hope. Right. All right, James. All right. Well. All right. James, what's your number two? Mine, who does number two work for? Um, I want to start my number two by, wait too much. by talking about over. the director. Is L.Q. Jones. Do you know who L.Q. Jones is? I know the name. We should have started with it. He could have been a character actor. L.Q. Jones was one of the favorite actors of a Sam Peckinpah. And to tell you a little bit about uh, L.Q. Jones. Oh, my God. I I know who he is. I would know him if I saw him. Um, But I want to read a quote because he he said he learned a lot about acting and directing from Sam Peckinpah. I didn't know he was a director. And here is his quote about Sam Peckinpah, which I'm using to introduce what movie he directed. There are three or four or five directors who are sheer genius in what they do, and Sam is certainly one of those. But he is also he also relies a great deal on the people around him. And as much as I think Sam's a genius, I also think he's a I'm gonna edit this slightly effing idiot. 
But then it takes a genius to F up in the idiotic ways that he does. What's the movie? He directed A Boy and His Dog. I knew you were going to do A Boy and His Dog. I, I knew, knew it. I did, and I knew you were going to bring it up as well. I did not know that was directed by L.Q. Jones. I didn't L.Q. Know Jones directed three movies. Boy and His Dog is one of them, and he won a I, Hugo he, Award. He got half of it. You're going to Actually, he won. He got all of it, and, and it, half of it was taken from him. Okay. By, by whom, Jay? Harlan Ellison. Oh, my Ellison. God. I didn't know when he... He's yeah. But unlike, the, unlike Roger Zelzani, who direct, wrote Damnation Alley and said, gee, it would have been nice if they would have read the book before they made that movie, Harlan Ellison said they got a boy and his dog mostly right, which is high praise coming from Harlan Ellison. Yeah. It's not a good um, movie. It's I, a, have you seen it? I've seen it, yeah. It's I, an interesting uh, film, but I don't know that it's a it, good movie. I enjoyed it. I watched it, rewatched it on Amazon before we did this, because it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, but I like... Wally is available every effing where. <laughs> uh, I loved... Um, the problem is, Art Allison wrote it as a short story, and he is now he wrote... Actually, I think he technically wrote a fourth one short one before he died. So there's multiple stories about a boy and his dog. Vic and Blood is their names. Yeah. And the dog talks, right? Uh, well, the dog's uh, connected. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't explain why, and it really doesn't seem to matter, because it. why would it matter? But basically, the plot to a boy and his dog is Vic is the boy. He's played by Don Johnson in the movie. And Blood is the dog. And there's been some apocalypse. Everything played, sucks. Played by Lassie. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Um, played ben, by Benji. Uh, ten. Ten. <laughs> played by a Benji-looking dog. Anyway. Um, Jason Robards. Jason Robards is in it. Absolutely, um, he's the leader of the underground folk yep. thing going on. And so where basically, got makeup and the basically the plot to the film is Vic and Blood aren't really. I mean, they they talk down to each other all the time, and Blood is way smarter than Vic is because Vic's a hormonal sixteen year old boy. Yeah. Who just wants to have sex all the time. Right. And blood wants food. This does not work out with a lady later, but go ahead. Um, and basically they go out and um, they work together to cross these hellscapes and all that stuff. And they're watching a, a snuff film. Yeah. Um, at, a, at a pop-up theater where people will come together and trade goods and watch a movie. I didn't remember it was a snuff uh, film. And blood smells and he smells a woman because there's not many women left because of plague and nuclear wasteland and all that stuff. And... He knows that Vic will want to sleep with the woman. I mean, that's the pl plot point. And they go looking for it. They find, um, she's played by Suzanne Benton. And basically, Suzanne Benton lures them into this underground world. Right. Um, where there is, they basically want to use, because they're all sterile, they want to use Vic to restart the human population. And Vic realizes very quickly that there's no way he's going to get out of there alive. They're never going to let him leave. But he's separated from blood. And Blood's having to fend for himself and having trouble finding food. And Joe kind of alluded to it already. The ending to the film is that uh, Vic gets to pick who lives. They can save the girl or they can save the dog. And as I said earlier, that there's sequels <laughs> to A Boy and His Dog. At least written sequels. Not A Boy um, and His Bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the very ending of it is... Hashtag uh, International Women's Day. Uh, the very ending of it is they kill the girl and they cook her. Yeah. So blood will have something to eat. And that isn't how that plays in the movie, is it? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, how the movie... Either, actually, yeah. and that's the that's the only part Harlan Ellison didn't like. One of the final lines is the dog, is blood doing there, and I forget who does his voice. But... It's a character actor. Yeah, it's a great character it's a great actor. character actor. And... Um, 
Blood has, has one of his final lines is a joke, and Harlan Ellison didn't like that. And he, basically, it's she had a weird taste. Mm-hmm. She never did have good taste. Uh, because at the end of the end of the uh, short story, I may be miss saying this because I didn't verify this, and I haven't read the story in a long time. But it basically ends with the line: "There's nothing like a relationship between a boy and his dog," and that's the way Harlan Ellison wanted it to end. Tim McIntyre played Blood, and they. Um, I'd have to look at his face. So yeah, it is. The movie feels a little bunny, bit uneven, but I honestly think that's because you took a short story. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you took a short story and you tried to make it into a film. Yeah. It did win a Hugo, though. It it was pretty close to the book. It um, it just got re-released by Shout in an ultimate glossy edition not too long ago. But again, Joe's right. It is a slow film. It's an uneven film. But as far as it's the only film that's adapted Harlan Ellison that Harlan Ellison actually kind of liked. Um, and he did, and the story is he did still have the Hugo. He said he it was based on me, so LQ Jones screwed off the base of the Hugo Award and gave it to him. Huh. And that was his half a Hugo Award. I thought you'd heard that story before. I probably I think I did hear that. That's why you always hear Harlan always said he had uh at one point it was eight and a half, I think, before he passed away. It was yeah. more. But it his half was from a boy. I remember story. I'm starting to after you told it, I remember we, we talked about it during the Harlan Ellen Harlan Ellison episode that we did. But yeah, LQ Jones, I mean, was in tons of westerns. He was one of Sam Peck and Paul's favorite. Yeah. And he only directed three films, but he also produced it. And that was he loved the story of Boy and His Dog. So that's how that movie wow. got made. LQ Jones produced it and directed it. And that's it. So if you've never seen a boy and his dog, it is uneven. But if you just need a film to pass some time, it is a to me, it's in the same vein as Logan's run. The special effects are dated. Everything feels a little bit uneven. But it would be great to see it. If you've never seen it, see it. All right, Chad. Who hasn't wanted to eat Suzanne? Ben? I'm, I'm, I'm diving into the world of the obscure and the and the terrible. Mine are really not all that obscure. I, <clears throat> I picked stuff I liked. I like this too. This is another one from my childhood that I really, really liked. Just because this isn't going to be another one where it's all shot with kids and there's no, no, no. <laughs> I don't. I literally was thinking about that the other day, going, "How did Chad see this?" Hawk Jones. Hawk Jones. <laughs> um. No. Um. And you know the backstory is I didn't have cable when I was a kid. I lived out in the boonies. That no cable, no I had no access to anything um, other than three channels. And Four then, days a week they find a badger and poke it with the stick, and that was their entertainment. But when I would go and visit a certain cousin who had cable, I would stay up till the wee hours of the morning watching cable nonstop. And this is one of the movies that I watched, and it stuck out to me. I'm a tour, of course talking about the classic Circuitry Man. Oh, uh, that's a okay. good one. All right. Thank yeah, you. I'll give you uh, have you seen it, James? I, I've heard of it. I, I've heard about okay. it, and, and, and that puts it ahead. Of, well, I've, I've heard of Solar Babies. There's a scene in but. Circuitry Man that is blazing into my brain, and I wonder is if that, wait, wait, is that where, does that involve a junkyard? No. Sort of, but it all takes I place underground. Yes. yes, I think I, I do remember, where so. she is walking through, and it's the guy, and he goes, well, what are you going to leave? Because I'm sick of eating leeches. Yeah. <laughs> Is that scene is I, I have no idea, right? Yeah. Why is that in here? Yeah, and why is this movie burned in my head for years? I don't know. I could tell you the plot. I could well I'm getting ready to. Well, there you go. Um, um and by I've the way, so Circuitry Man was written and directed by Stephen, and I'm gonna again we butcher names because I, I couldn't find a pronunciation of it. Stephen Lovey, L O V Y. Love. Lovey. Um, I don't know if that's it. I just want to say love. The only thing, he did one movie prior to Circuitry Man, and then after the Circuitry Man, he did Circuitry Man 2, Plughead Plug Rewired. Plughead Rewired, um, and then did nothing else. 
the big well, how can you talk? I was about to say the biggest star of the movie is Vernon Wells, who went, who actually played yeah. the villain Plughead. Um, so the plot of the movie is. I didn't know Vernon Wells was the was the, for people who don't know Vernon Wells is the guy from from Mad Max from yes. from the right right. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the plot of the movie is the human race is forced to move underground uh, because we have polluted the sur- sur- surface. I, I spelled. I meant to put surface, and I spelled service because that's who I am. I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, no, I was just. Waiting for a joke, man. No, no, no. To the point, uh, the human race, uh, because the point of life is no longer sustainable on the surface of the earth, sound kind of like Wally. Mm-hmm. Um, drugs are now chips that can be implanted directly into the brain. And this is where it kind of gets Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, somehow, and, um, Johnny Mnemonic? Yeah. <laughs> somehow a bodyguard who is also a former policewoman um, obtains these rare chips that are vital somehow. Um, uh, she's being pursued by the evil Plughead, who is more machine, uh, due in large parts of the, the amount of ports that are protruding from his head. And the whole movie, it's, it's Vernon Wells, he's bald, and he has all these different little uh, sockets in his head. It just adds to the humor of the situation. Does it? Yes. <laughs> is one on a glade for air freshener? Because, I mean, that would save you on a glove. funny. Or would it be like the scene from Christmas Story where you're trying to find a hole and just... Hold still, Plughead. One more thing. Yeah, little lights aren't trying to plug it. Oh my god! Oh my god! Somebody those, get another break. Do you remember what the plugs were used for? No. So I the, swear I don't remember so, anything. So, I'm tired of eating leeches. <laughs> so the plugs, the plugs were used to test uh, to test the validity of the chips that were being uh, okay uh, shared. The drug chip. Yeah. Um, the bodyguard teams up with a robot pimp named Danner. <laughs> As one does. And they travel across the underground world to try to get these uh, chips away from Plughead. And it's honestly... It was an adaption of his student film, though. Was it? Yeah, it was his Are student. you doing research while I'm talking? I, I, I was. It, okay. It, it started, He's got his new fancy iPad. It started as uh, it started as a student film. Because I was like, how did this get made? And I didn't want to find it. So it started, but it is. It's, and it's almost... the first person to do that. It's kind no. of like a road trip movie, really. Because yeah. they're, they're, they're traveling through this underground world. And at one point in time, they get to the surface. And he's a robot, so he can survive. She isn't. And he has to end up protecting her. And then there, there becomes kind of like a love connection. Mm. Just um, like the end of Alien versus Predator. And honestly, I can't even spoil the ending because I can't remember how it ended. Because there's the only way, you, and I was, I She's almost rented make it. Out with I it. almost rented it on Amazon Prime just to rewatch it, and I may go back and watch it now that I've done my research on it, just to see how it ends. But circuitry man, and you can find copies of it on YouTube. Check it out if you want to. The the opening sequence is pretty amazing, by the way. It is, huh. but um. Circuitry Man, check it out. All right, boys. What's your number two? My number and two. And if I get past your number two, I know I'm golden. My number two deals with the rapture. Nope. Oh, God. Is this going to be another one of his Kirk Cameron films? Oh, this is going to be Seth Rogen. Yeah, absolutely right. It's directed by Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen. We well, have This Is The, the End. end. <laughs> I'm the only one of you that... Pick the movie where the rapture happened. <laughs> I know. I agree. You know, I thought about that, but I have a hard time. You know, and this is true. It's just the way I'm wired. If I think post-apocalyptic, I don't think anybody gets redeemed. <laughs> <laughs> well, they barely do. Well, that's what I'm saying. But at the end, until James Franco is getting redeemed and then leans over and sets everybody <laughs> off as he's going up. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. yeah. I, one of my favorite comments is from a friend of ours who said. 
You remember that part where the giant uh, <clears throat> gets cut off? You know, the yeah, the giant dick. Absolutely. <laughs> of the demon. And the, the only person who didn't get redeemed who really deserved it, poor Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> being being sex slave to Danny McBride. Right. <laughs> this movie has James Franco, Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen, Jay Baruchel. Baruchel. Baruchel, sorry. Director of The Goon in The Goon 2. Yeah, I didn't care for it. Danny McBride, Craig Robinson, Michael Sarah. Emma Watson, Mandy Kaling, Christopher Mintz, plus. He's going to list every single person. No, Rihanna, Paul know. Rudd, Channing Tatum, Kevin Hart, Aziz, blah, 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 blah. Aziz, I'm sorry. It's not that hard yeah, to say. Aziz, Why does he have a problem with people from India? It's because I'm tongue tied. <laughs> sorry. What? Did he say he's done dying? A tongue tied. Well, yeah, let me look at so him. So Seth Rogen and Jay, or Seth and Jay, are friends, and Jay's in town, and they have a. You know, they're kind of arguing because Seth is hanging out with all these important people. Plot doesn't really matter. No. It's really one of the funnier films I've saw in and the last And they should have just said years. out front that Jay was getting all that sweet, sweet Sorcerer's Apprentice and train your, How to Train Your Dragon money. How to Train Your Dragon money. I really love the movie. It, it, it even has a sequence where they... Holy shit, I forgot. What's his face's name? The movie stops and says, we're going to do the exorcism of Jonah Hill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they exercise Jonah Hill, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just stops and says the exorcism of Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. That is so ballsy. Yeah. I think it's Seth Rogen's best film. I think, what's better? I think in that genre. I like the Pineapple Express. No. But what's I, better? And I think in that genre, I would actually say it's Sausage Party. No. No. So, is, is it so? That's, don't give me a, That's a funny joke for a five-minute short that it made a 90-minute movie out of. I will, oh, I will actually terrible. say... I don't think it's There's funny. one movie that's not as funny, but I think Seth Rogen does a great job in. What? Observe and Report. He's a good actor in it. Well, He'd be not, a better it, acting performer. It's, it's a dark, dark film. Yeah, and and that's one that I think a lot of people didn't know what to do with because it wasn't him being. And let's face it, a kid. And I like the interview too. By the way, about Kim Jong, I think that one's funny too. I don't think it's better than this is the. But this is the end, though. What I will say about it, Kung Fu Panda. Um, No, I'm sticking with this is the end. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is the end. It's probably his funniest performance. Um, I think well he directed it I, yeah, yeah. he and Evan Goldberg and they've been friends since high school I think they write, they wrote um, they, Superbad Superbad by the yeah. way oh dude I don't know yeah no this is the end followed by Superbad but it's right there because I, see, I really I love that, Superbad I, I, I like Observing Report but it's way too it's one of those that I don't recommend to people it's a dark it's dark, dark comedy that one's it's directed dark by their other people. and the sad part is it didn't get as because it came out the same time as Paul Blart yeah, we didn't. No, get that's a, not even a joke. We didn't get observing report too. We got Paul Blart too. You if know? you like that humor, the guy that directed that, I forgot his name is. I think it's Jonah something too. He also is the one who directed most of the uh, the vice principals with Danny McBride and uh, the other Danny McBride. He's bounding down. Bound down. Right. How could you forget the title of that? No. <laughs> I never watched it all. I didn't care for that, but I like Vice Principal. <laughs> With Walter Goggins. Walton oh, yeah. Goggins. Walton Goggins. Oh my God, you give me shit over Aziz and Zuz. Aziz and I don't have to talk about him ever since he's done that other stuff. No, he's apologized. Evidently, it's cool now. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't keep up. I don't either. I just, just happen I just, to hear it. I just assume most people are. So he's not sharing people. a cell with Bill? <laughs> I hope not. He's not his CNN. Don't go to sleep with me! <laughs> That's all I wanted to say.
All right, James, what's your third? Oh, am I doing my third? Oh, hold yeah. On. Hold on. Yeah, do we need to check time? No. Keep no, going. we're actually really moving really okay, fast. I, Let's go. I, this is, I'm going to argue, if I take this from anybody, I'm sorry, but I'm going to argue this is the best post-apocalyptic musical. Okay, you didn't steal it. Thank God. I got it. I... <laughs> Repo the Genetic Opera. Yep. I've actually never seen it. Repo How the you never Oh, seen it's, a, it? it's 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 very uh, to me, actually some of the songs after I watched it the second time got stuck in my head. Um it is I don't the, know how you've never seen that yet. It is the Hamilton of the Horror Squad. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Um it star it's the only thing that Paris Hilton actually plays well in. Um uh, not the House of Wax. No. Um the film stars Alexa Vega, Paul Sorvino, Anthony Stewart Head, Sarah Brightman, Paris Hilton, Bill Mosley, Navette Ogre, and Terrence Zdenich. Um It's got a cult following now somewhere to rock your Terrence Zudanich, I think is how you say it, is the guy that did the original music. Um, he but, the uh, the grave robber. And it was based on his work, The Necro Merchant's Debt. Yeah, yeah it was a um, stage show. But basically, the future, there's been a plague. Everybody's organs are failing. You met the director. Um, yeah, Darren Lynn Bozeman. Bozeman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Darren Lynn Bozeman directed. That was, I think that was that was his gift, Lionsgate's gift to him for directing, you know, three of the Saul movies. Yeah. He got to do it. For, and it's from the producers of Saul. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but the basic plot to the film is you follow a couple different characters. But in the future, there's been a terrible plague, and everybody's organs are failing, and you constantly basically shift out organs. But if you can't play, if you can't pay for your organs, the repo man comes and takes mm -hmm. them. Isn't and that a isn't that a plot of a Jude Law movie as it, well? They came after. Repo man. Yeah, it came after. It came after the original. So basically, um, the the sympathetic side of the story because it does follow most uh, multiple characters is uh, Shadow Wallace. She's a 17-year-old, um, has an overprotective father, and I won't give too much away. Uh, Anthony Head, right? Anthony Head. Uh, but basically, she's been, visiting, uh, she's been visiting her mother's tomb and runs into the grave robber. Who, grave robber. Uh, who, grave robber. Who basically Hilton sings it. Who goes to um, the... the Goes to people who have died and drains um, Zydrate out of them. And Zydrate... Zydrate is a, is a little bitty something. You put yeah. the gun in the... I, oh, my God. I can't... It's a great... You you just should watch it. Zydrate, basically, though, is it's used more or less as a drug. It's this great pain reliever that's been developed because of this organ failure and all of this stuff. Do they and explain why people's organs fail? It's a plague. Oh, it's a plague. And, and basically... And and, people are obsessed with plastic surgery. Yeah, so. and so basically in the future... So they took a small subplot of Escape from New York, Escape from L.A., and turned it into a two-hour... It's hour better. It's better than Escape from L.A. But basically, and the, and the thing is, like, Bill Mosley... Escape from L.A. has a great ending. Though. Bill Mosley and Paris Hilton are siblings, right? Am I remembering that correctly? They're siblings. Bill Mosley and Paris Hilton are brother and sister. And it's their... And basically, they're elite... So they keep having and their surgery. dad is Paul Servino. Yeah. Oh, okay. The and great the opera singer, and who's also an actor. But yeah, the, so basically, it it is yeah. a musical. It's a post-apocalyptic musical, and literally, it's it's there's some songs in it that are really sad. There's some that are catchy, 
And you've got a 17 year old that's lost her mother and obsessed with visiting her. And she's not supposed to because she's getting ill. And again, um, it's just one of those movies that when you sit around and think post-apocalyptic, and I was like, I need to think of one that has something different. It's a post-apocalyptic musical. Yeah. And I'm not trying to harp on the point. I'm really shocked that somehow or another you've missed it. Yeah. If you saw Solar Uh, Babies and not. Yeah. I got to give it. Solar, Solar Babies and Circuitry Man. Um, I hope you don't take my third one. I'm, I hope I do now at this point since you just smashed my solar babies and give me crap for not seeing Reba. But, um, but you yeah, should, yeah. though. You so should. Paul Vor- uh, uh, Sorvino. I the Devil's Carnival. Uh, Paul Sorvino. <laughs> it's a follow-up. Look it up. Paul Sorvino does play the main antagonist, and Paris Hilton is um, the daughter, and, and Joe's right. Um, but again, all of this stuff, and Navet Ogre is the middle child uh, in that relationship he was is it sick puppies or something like that he's the lead singer yeah yeah um but he wears the skin face of a woman like he's weird he doesn't (laughs) as opposed to bill mosley and paris Hilton (laughs) as Uh, brother and sister um, because you know you go to central casting you're like i've cast this paris hilton who should play her brother Chop top. (laughs) there's a there's a couple other things about this really notable if you like classic kind of uh, rock and roll because Joan Jett is actually the one playing the guitar in the song 17. Uh, Dean Armstrong, who would later be in Saw 3D, appears as a victim and the co-writer uh, appears in the film and all this stuff. But there's a lot of different people that appear in it. That's um, great. <laughs> Are you going with this? No, what I was going to say though is... I know more about this movie than you do. No, what I was trying to get to is the reason there's so many different people in it is do you know how many songs there are actually in the movie? No. There's I only actually, like a couple. There's actually 56 different songs. Good Lord. Now, some of them are short musical interludes. Yeah, um, I didn't know that there was that many. But like, I, They'd have to point them out to me because it's not um, wall-to-wall singing. No, no, no. But like, you know, some of them are like No Organs, No Problemo, which is the Gene Co. jingle kind of chorus. So, um, and, you know. Get... Yep, yep. So there you go. Uh, I was listening to this at work about a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> so... The end credits actually have five different songs in them that they couldn't fit in anywhere else in the movie. Well, that's so. what most credits do. But it, yeah, it is. It's a very unique, like I said, it's a post-apocalyptic music. It was a stage play, actually. And he was working on it before he, Darren Lynn Bozeman with uh, Ter- whatever his name is. Z- Z-D-U-N-I-C-H. They were, they, oddly enough, were working on that before Saul came into his life. Huh. Yeah. So, so he always wanted to do a rock and roll. And it is, like I said, it's there's parts of it that stick with me. And there is a lot of, I mean, I said, do you feel for the 17? Yeah, Alexa Vega plays the... Yeah, she may be the weakest actor. Huh. And remember now, Paris Hilton is in this picture. Ooh, yeah. But um, she's playing basically Paris Hilton herself. So it's not yeah, too bad. I mean, somebody obsessed with looking always. and it's uh, But no, you should check out Rebo the Genetic Opera. Oh. And if you love musicals and love the apocalypse, this is You're your not film. a big musical fan. I'm I think not. you don't like Yeah, I think you might. It's okay. I don't know that it aged well. Hmm. Okay. Even Why well, can't the British teach the Chad to like musicals? I, I like a couple, but I'm. This is where I agree with Joe. Where uh, uh, being able to record voices ruined cinema because people did all of a sudden. Oh, we can sing the whole time. You can get away with it in certain things. Wow, we, that's a whole other bonehead. Yeah. All right, what's your let's, let's, name uh, of, let's take a break. If you break. besmirch Rex Harrison, I will beat you like a drum. 
Yeah, because since absolutely it, nothing has happened, happened my happened. hair is not shorter, and we're not wearing different Mine's clothes. Shorter too. I got my hair cut. Well, you know, in all fairness, I was, you know, I I had to change quickly because James got excited. So oh. yeah. <laughs> I noticed, you, I noticed you had to do a 20-year-old Dragon Ball. So, when did you get into Dragon Ball when you were in college? College, yeah. That's I pronounced collage. I just don't, I still, maybe if I went back and looked at it now. You probably still would I would not, it. probably not. Enjoy One Punch it. Man, though. You should watch One Punch Man. I would, well. So, so, so my final. Oh, the Jim Jones story? Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, See you in court, kids. No, um, so my last pick is not going to be any surprise because we've already these two already know it. <laughs> so, can you put on some acting ability as I? Should we just admit? Yeah, yeah. Let's something see. went something went wrong. So, if you're wondering why does it sound different, if you're watching, why do they look slightly different? There's a week. Is yeah. it a solid week? It's a solid week in between the original two thirds of this show and what we're finishing up because we don't know what happened. But it just didn't get onto the card. <laughs> it just isn't on the card. We let's looked just, for it. Chad go, took no, a his place of work and looked yeah, for let's, it. Let's, 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 let's go ahead and lay it on the table. Joe didn't hit record. No. Oh, sorry. No. Obviously, aliens are trying to stop this signal. You owe it to your humankind <laughs> to follow, like, and subscribe. So I thought aliens... you say follow, likeens. <laughs> you do. Follow, likeens. Werewolves for life, Nick Brown. That's so, true. So my final pick on the Apocalypse movies is probably one of my favorite movies of all time and also one of the best Apocalypse movies of all time, Delicatessen. Delicatessen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that where they used to go on Seinfeld and get those big sandwiches, the big salad? No, this is worse. It's Tom's Diner. <laughs> that was Tom's Diner. Did we ever really call Tom's Diner? Tom's Diner. It's, oh. it's the real restaurant. is called Tom's Diner. This is probably more interesting than when we did it originally. Yeah, because no, we were just like, get this done. Get it done. Um, no. Well, you should go with Alice's Restaurant, because you can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant, except for Alice. I was with him today. Does that not look like my shirt? He I says that's not my shirt. Myself. Look, man, when do you it. ever wear red? Yeah. I have the maroon polo. Yeah. Well... It's because you buy the, your clothes at the Kool-Aid Man store, too. Doesn't mean I can't buy there, too. That's so Mississippi. It's gotten worse. Hold on. Hold on. And in uh, a second, now he's going to scream out, Mud Bug! <laughs> I, was, I was going to do my best uh, William Keaton, sir. <laughs> Father of Michael? Yeah. yeah That'd be cool if that was true, but yeah. I don't think it is. <laughs> no, um... Delicatessen. Delicatessen. So it's directed by, it's actually co-directed by Jean-Pierre Jeannot, who is, or Jeannot. Is it Jeannot or is it Jeannet? I need to look it up. I'm going to say Jeannet. I think it's Jeannet. I think, okay, it's, we'll go with that. It's Zerby. Yeah, which, by the way, he is, has one of the most. <laughs> that's obscure. God, yeah, that's obscure. <laughs> You'd have to really pay attention to the show to get that we just made fun of it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's for you hardcore fans, all two of you, and one of you, if you keep watching, I promise I'll enjoy you. But uh, it's also co-directed by Mark Caro. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm just going to call him Jean-Pierre from here on out, like we're best friends. JP. JP. I don't want to butcher his last name anymore. JP is an amazing filmmaker. Yeah, he is an amazing filmmaker. Uh, if I'm not, if my history uh, remembers it, he's actually self-taught. Everything he does, everything he learned, he self-taught himself. Mm. Um, and if you've seen any of his movies, they all have, they all are very unique. Uh, City of Lost Children. Um, one of my favorite films. Same here. One of one of my favorite films as well. He did uh, Alien Resurrection. Which is an interesting, people piss on it, but it's an interesting Alien yeah. film. Yeah, if it wasn't 
if it didn't have the alien on it, you know, and it didn't honestly, have Ripley, it's probably the last interesting alien film. I would agree with that. Yeah. Sorry. I love Ridley. But I do. Prometheus. And what was the other one? Alien Prometheus. Covenant? They got two thirds right. And then somewhere they dropped the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Space Cobras. But space anyway, um, so he's, I'm going to make it up with this space Cobra. But, <laughs> but he also did Micmac. Uh, and, uh, anyway, oh, and of course, his, yeah, yeah, James his most famous, his most famous movie is Amelie. And all Amelie, these movies, all, all these movies, you should, and a uh, very long engagement. Amelie is, is quite honestly the, that and Love Actually, and I know Love Actually gets pooped on a lot, but I'll still love it and stand by it because it's, you know, oh my God, saccharine. Yeah. But I, I, if you're looking for a romantic film, nothing's more beautiful than Amelie. Right. If, and if you haven't seen any of these movies, please check them out. But we're talking about Delicatessen. Mm. So the movie actually all takes place in an apartment building that actually is in the middle of an apocalypse. Uh, the, the world outside is barren. The food supply is gone. Ah! I'm barren. Um, it's a black, and it is a very, very black comedy. Um, and it involves a former clown who's hired as a maintenance man in this in this particular building. In that week, did you look up his name? Well, we looked him up in the, when we were not recording. Yeah. So I figured are we James still would recording? Curse you. Oh, we are still recording. Curse so. you, aliens, trying to stop this signal. You can't, stop, signal, the signal, you can't stop the signal. Yeah. Now. <laughs> but anyway, the maintenance people seem to disappear at this place. Um, the villain is the villain of the movie is a the butcher slash landlord um, who rules the building in a, as, a, as a dictatorship um, and he keeps people in tow by offering a very rare type of meat since the world's food supply is gone. I'm raising a new crop this summer of dictators. I was going to say ass. He's <laughs> still sore. But it, um, but the movie itself is actually a, a real. It's it more than anything. It's an ensemble piece. It is a very much an ensemble piece, and it is an it is made by an auteur. Yeah, and there's one scene in the movie that's one of my particular favorite, where it starts off with uh, the maintenance man. He's he's doing maintenance around the the, the his apartment building, and 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 then it starts like rhythm starts happening, and then other people in the buildings are doing random tasks, and their rhythm kicks on, and then all of a sudden you have a full blown musical number, and it just keeps going and going. Also, oh, it stomp. But better. What was the past tense? Yeah. It stamped. Stamped. It stamped. <laughs> so, Delicatessen is my Pre final pick. stamps. But Delicatessen is my final pick because it's just, it's so amazing. So, my final pick, I got poo-pooed on last time we because did this. Because why? Because you all hate Richard Stanley. That's right, hardware. No. Is that, you, is that the pick where you're going? No, to but check out Hardware. It makes no sense. <laughs> I rewatched it and enjoyed it more at 40, though, than I did. I watched it three years ago, and I still, I'm like, because why was I censored? I, it, I rewatched Hardware, and I thought, what I, what I admired about it was that you could tell they had no money, and the movie they got out of no money. Yeah, with Dur Durham, I can't Durham. See. Dermot the guy Mulroney. from the American Horror Story. Dermot Mulroney. Yeah, the Mulroney. guy from American Horror Story. Probably. And Lemmy. Lemmy is in it. Oh, is he? I don't, yeah. I don't remember anything about it. I yeah, they, he put, he's the boat driver, and he, and he puts on his ace of spades. He goes, you ought to check these guys out. So Joe's final pick is hardware. No, it really is. <laughs> children of Men. And why are you poo-pooing Children I'm of Men? I'm not poo-pooing Children I, of Men. You just bring up. You bring up children of men every chance you get. I'm it's pretty like, sure. Let's just say you had somebody else on this show that brought up an author that he really liked time and time again, and you might. Let's him. say that we did eight episodes on Stephen King. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> Where did we go right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Even Joe Hill was like, knock it off. Knock it off. <laughs> we definitely knock did refer off. to his uh, significant other as his wife. <laughs> By the way. Damn. Kudos on you, Tabitha King. Yeah, Tabitha King. Tell him to kiss the fattest part of your ass. Yeah. Anyway, you got all that money. Yeah. You can do it. We can't. And you're a talented out. author as well. She is a published author. Yeah. Yeah. Not only published, award-winning. Yeah. She's an author. Yeah. Yeah. Author. So anyway, Children, I, man, I, I, I'm not going to talk about it a lot because everybody already's heard me say it, but I still think And we don't want to hear you get emotional again because all the children. It was really and all them men. Over the yeah. <laughs> all them big sweaty men. I don't think he was watching the same movie we saw. I don't think so either. I had a I had a cold glass of lemonade <laughs> and I was watching him and I was thinking, God. Oh. He had he got the vapors and swooned at least three times. Oh. That muscly shirt just rippled with whatever was underneath that. <laughs> Shoot it up. We really need to talk. Speaking of shooting it up, oh I could have spackled. <laughs> I oh gave him that and didn't even mean to. You, you let us all down. Spackled. Yeah. <laughs> I drank all that lemonade. But you said you were going to pick another one other than Children of Men. Are you I sticking did. With I'm sticking with Children of Men because you chastised me again for saying that I was going to pick but something Children of Men is definitely, I think, well, I'll fine, talk fine, but in episode 105, when we talk about movies with men in the title, you cannot <laughs> yeah. bring that up. We are doing... Boy, 30 minutes. Jump. <laughs> Damn, no, I was going to say 30 minutes of men at work. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> By the way. That's the only men at work that matter. <laughs> I was thinking of changing the lines instead of uh, a Vegemite sandwich. There's another like two-syllable word that fits there. Why? What? What were you thinking today. of this? Earlier Just today. today. Yeah. Did, you, did you have a stroke? <laughs> Not that I know of. The fact... That's a weird coincidence. I really was thinking of it. I, I I was going to have a whole joke about the opening of the next show that we we're going to do, and now I don't want to do it. Uh, I think it's a good it. idea. <laughs> you ruined it. Uh, but ruined. Children of Men you ruined is, it. I think Children of Men is probably one of the quietest post-apocalyptic films. Yeah. Uh, because it doesn't really feel like a, an apocalypse movie, but it obviously is. It, it yeah. really is. We're dying. It's yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing coming. But it does have it does said. have a glimmer of hope, and I won't talk about it. Go yeah, on, no, and watch no, but, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, children, man, I, I, you brought it up a couple different times, and we gave you crap. That's true, but I mean, it's definitely a post-apocalyptic. <laughs> Thank you for you know admitting facts. So you mean I can't run for political office? Easy no. now. <laughs> uh, Not even with your new hair. <laughs> I spend a lot of time on my hair. I don't. Hair. I don't spend hair. it at all. It shows. I don't, I don't spend. So that being said, we've talked about some post-apocalyptic films. Real quick, what, what are some short take? <laughs> short. It's called Murder Virgin. <laughs> that was an apocalypse, but not post-apocalyptic. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, oh, wait, that's like number five on our most popular videos. If you go to Bonehead, really, huh. it is. It's number four or five. Wow. But no, you know, you when you talk, when you think apocalypse, you think. You think nuclear annihilation. You think the plague. Not nuclear. Nuclear. Nucu it's nuclear. Nuclear annihilation. Nuclear. Nuclear. Yeah, nuclear. We've already proven Next. that I can't talk. I uh, really wasn't making it. Scalamander. Robocop 2. Plague. <laughs> Nuke. Zombies. But you know what we don't talk about when we talk about apocalypse? The Simpsons? Dragons. Rain of Fire. That's the one Christy wanted me to talk about. Really? And I said, yeah, and I said it's it's one of those movies with one of the best Matthew McConaughey performances. Yeah, that's the only thing that saves that movie. That and the Dr. Dragon. And the Dragon, yeah. That's but, it. But it's Matthew not McConaughey. A good movie. No, it's, it's not, not a good, good movie. movie. 
But Matthew McConaughey is actually out acts the dragon. It actually <laughs> acts Christian Bale. I agree. He's the best part of that movie. Yeah, that's the only reason to watch that movie is the dragon. And then he kind of has a bitch way of dying. Yeah, he does. Yeah. It's like the ending of Star Trek Generations. Yeah. They yeah. killed off Kirk. He fell off a rack. Yeah, yeah. Well, originally, and, and originally <coughs> the script, the first one draft of the script, I should say, had. Um, That's so, post apocalyptic. Soren shooting him in the. Soren shooting him, not shooting him, but shooting him in the back. Soren? Yeah. That's a good ride. Yeah. At Disney. Uh, Malcolm McDowell shot him in the back, but the reason they changed it was so he could have a, have a death scene. Ah. Because, and I, if you think that's about it, that's a bitch way, way to go out. That's what I was say. That would have been slightly worse because he would have just been, oh, he's vaporized. Move on. So. Anyway, you were saying Rain of Fire is. Rain of Fire. It actually is fun. It's fun. I saw that in the theater. Um, I, I, I was saying about ones that we brought up last, uh, that I brought up last time. Titan A.E. is one because the world's destroyed. Uh. Um, same thing we brought up, um. What's this in my ear? It's your, your finger. finger. Oh! It's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy we brought up last time. You all brought up The Road. <laughs> uh, and I said that I couldn't watch it because I love the book so much. But The Road is a good movie, dude. I'm sure it is. But it's, like I said, we it's talked, rough, but it's good. The ending, it is good. The, the ending we talked about last time, so we'll bring it up this time. Uh, for those that have read The Road, if you, well, let me go back. If you like, um,. If you wake up one day and go... <laughs> if you love Mary Poppins... <laughs> then read the road. No. And you read uh, the road. Um, if you wake up one morning and feel overly positive about life, just pick up any book by, by Cormac say, McCarthy. pick any pistol <laughs> you may have laying around the floor. Cormac McCarthy. My uh, Cheerios this month came with a Derringer. 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 Um, and some other posts, but so, so yeah, Cormac McCarthy's The Road, the book, uh, the ending's a little bit anywhere. different. And there's also one that, you we know, talks about the ending being We know how James one. hates classic literature. I yeah. do, I do. Um, I do. It. If it doesn't, if it doesn't, if it ain't from uh, Stephanie Meyer, I ain't reading it. And you know, it, 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 it technically is. <laughs> it used to work with her. <laughs> if so, she did better than we did. Yeah. And this technically is an apocalyptic film, and I actually watched the, the, the newest version of it this week, that H.G. Wells' The Time Machine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I could you could make an argument for that. You know, I, uh, well, they blow up the moon. Spoiler. I uh. <laughs> you were saying, Jay? <laughs> what I was just saying. <laughs> I still haven't got it's on my reading cue, Jay. It's on my reading cue. <laughs> I read the time machine. I oh. swear, to, I don't even remember them blowing up the moon. Uh, well, they they blew it up in the Guy Pierce movie. I don't know any of the other versions. I don't think they wrote. I don't think they did that in the book. Um. You know the Guy Pierce movies directed by his, his great great grandson Simon and Wells. And yeah. HG spun so fast in his grave, he traveled through time. <laughs> um, you know what I thought about after we talked about it last time, and I wanted to go back to it. You know when we left out what one of the first, one of the biggest banking stars of today, one of his early film roles. I'm talking about The Rock in Southland Tales, because I'm a pimp. And, and pimps, pimps don't, don't commit, commit suicide. God, that movie's terrible. Uh, you know, it's an interesting picture. And it's post-apocalyptic. It I is mean, post-apocalyptic. It, is, um, it all goes to hell. Uh, yeah. Left Behind. Yeah. We didn't even get into the whole Left Behind series. You know, and, and, I, I'll be damned if I give Kirk Cameron a dollar. <laughs> Kirk Cameron says you will be damned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yep. Oh. You not making out with your wife. <laughs> um... You, you didn't bring up Tank Girl. Sexy, uh, stupid space cobra. Oh, yeah. We forgot about Tank Girl. Oh, yeah. The Tank, amazing no, Tank really Girl. Didn't. Um, Rachel Talley. Come do the show. 
Snowpiercer, Stake Land. Land. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, there's just tons of them. Uh, Turbo Kid. No, no. Turbo Kid? You were going to bring up Turbo Kid? I've really? never actually seen Turbo Kid. It's uh, you know, how about uh, <clears throat> Interstellar? Interstellar is post-Earth, so I guess that is post-apocalyptic, right? I mean, if you go by the definition of apocalypse being the end of the Earth, mm-hmm. as we know it, you know, uh, there's just a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, this is one of those tropes that will never go away, because people like hearing about grim tales of, of us dying out. Well, and I think it's it, it's rooted so much in our culture. Um, religion. Religion. Uh, but also science. I mean, how many times... You read any science thing too often, it's like, there's less male babies being born. The Y chromosome's overly fragile. And you get children of men. It eggs is. are bad for you again. Eggs are bad. If you eat three eggs a week, you'll die of heart disease. Yeah. No, it's three eggs a day. No, nope. it doesn't matter. Now it's three eggs a week. And yeah. I eat three eggs a day. Do you yeah. Really? And look yeah. at him. Look at him. He, no, he he look at him. heart disease. <laughs> yeah. Is it three eggs a week? It is now three eggs um, a week. You will die of heart disease. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think it says it that way. Uh, Should I, I pull it up on the article? It says I, you're going to die of heart disease. I, yes, if you're, you you're a 3.2% increase of dying of a heart attack or stroke. 3.2? Yeah. <laughs> what about the Snickers? <laughs> <laughs> He's one Snickers pie away. What I about just, the tub of lard I eat every night? I swear to God. Oh, there's one more. I have to mention. There's one more post-apocalyptic film I should have mentioned, and I can't believe I didn't mention it. What? What am I? Speaking of, of Malcolm McDowell, Doomsday, baby. Oh, Doomsday. Oh, yeah, Doomsday. Yeah. Doomsday. Your Escape from New York. Doomsday, the opening narration of Doomsday. Oh, I watched it warrior. again. I watched the opening. I watched Doomsday again. The opening narration, where it's like anytime you get people in a large group, disease spreads. All that, and I watched it again. I'm like, the I love that movie. It's one of my favorite. Uh, by what's his name? Uh, Neil, Neil Marshall. 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 The good director um, of the new not real oh boy. But um, we haven't seen it yet. It looks it promising. May, it, it may look good, but it's not Ron Perlman. I know. <laughs> I bought his book today, by the way. Um, but anyway. Um, but that opening narration of Malcolm McDowell saying all that I'm stuff. I'm familiar with the picture. If you've never seen Doomsday, if you don't want, <laughs> if you don't have time to watch it all, watch the first five minutes, and then you'll end up watching it all. Yeah, I know it's a good movie. It, it it's the Road Warrior meets Escape from New York by a guy who obviously loved the same things you as we say, did yeah. as children, and he threw in just a little bit of Night Riders by Ribeiro. Yeah, where you've got a little bit of that. We feel the need to joust still. Yeah, okay, absolutely. So yeah, so yeah. that's our apocalypse show. That's absolutely our apocalypse show. This should be coming out this weekend. <laughs> and if it doesn't, you won't know because you won't. We never did it. Yeah. Uh, join us. One. This is going to be one of our last. Uh, it will be our last. One. It, this will be our last one. Bef- not our complete last episode. Yes, it, I mean, is. it could be. I'm done. I I'm just saw something too. light up bright outside. He's got no other friends. So anyway, nope. I want to go live like a hermit. What's going to change? Nothing. I'm going to. I'm not going to wear shoes as much. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's going to get all three hepatitis. Come join us <laughs> Friday. Is that the plural of hepatitis? I'm creating hepatitis F. Friday, March the 22nd. We will be at Lexington Comic Con at 7 p.m. in the Thoroughbred Room doing our show live to tape. Come by, join us. There is still a few tickets left that we have got to give away. Once again, you have to subscribe to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify, and share us on your social media, and also like us on Facebook and Twitter, right? Right. And you should like us on Facebook anyway, because sometimes we do Facebook Live. 
Yeah, absolutely. So if you do all those things, we still have some tickets left. Give us a good going quick. <coughs> so it'd be funny. So they don't know if they're going quick or yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't. We do have a few left, so let us know. We do have quite a few for Thursday night. Be more than happy to help you out with that. Come by Friday, seven p.m. Thoroughbred Room, Lexington Comic Con. Stop by, and if you're around the panels, get some free stickers. We'll have some stickers to give out. And if by any chance between now and then. The apocalypse occurs. What you want to do is show up on Friday because we're doing this, we're taping it, yeah. and you'll be in your own post-apocalyptic film. Ooh, because you know Joe's going to get that shit out. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. Now listen, we can't say that if it is post-apocalyptic that one out of four audience members may get eaten. But I'm editing with my left nostril, but I'm getting this shit done. <laughs> I thought you were going to say your left nut. No, I'm not. He I'm, gave that away to charity in '66. Christy lets him take him out of the charts. And with that, we'll see you. Thanks so much. Are you? What are you trying to do? I'm trying to get up. I'm fat. <laughs> Welcome to Bonehead. <laughs> Joe's trying to play sex that song. Wrong. <laughs> Grrrr. <laughs>